Yo ho ho! What up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Channel Chasers podcast. We're getting a uh, double dose this week. Uh, it is special, you know. It's it, we're getting close to the holiday season, so we thought we'd give you an extra little gift. Of course, as always, I am your host Jay of Mr. Jay's VT, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, friend, and partner in crime, Brian. How you doing tonight, Brian? I'm okay. Hello, peoples. It's good to see you again. Just long time no see. Yeah, long time no see, long time no listen. But yeah, uh, this will be a more traditionally structured Channel Chasers uh, than our um, Black Panther episode, which, by the way, uh, the Black Panther Wakanda Forever episode is up. If you have not listened to that yet, give that a listen if you've seen the movie. Uh, We put a lot of, you know, a lot of deep uh, discussion into that and uh, i feel like we got to some very interesting places and it was a fun time uh definitely give that a listen if you haven't already uh would really Mm -hmm. appreciate it um but yeah uh, we're here to talk about a show that we did not realize was gone until it randomly got announced and then it was like wow we must be really behind and then we realized wait the last season came out five years ago. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. So, I would not be surprised if some of you listening to this episode right now, or watching live on Twitch, um, have no idea about this show or the fact that this, there is a new season out. Uh, because, you know, we were kind of at a loss, too. Uh, of course, the show we're going to be discussing this week is The Dragon Prince Season 4. Um It'll be a lot mm-hmm. of it'll be a lot of fun talking about that. It's, it's uh for those of you guys who don't know, it uh it is a show uh created by uh, one of the head writers of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and it is done by the same studio who did Avatar as well as Legend of Korra. We're gonna get more into the discussion, of course, later, but I just wanted to give that quick preface so you guys kind of know what we're talking about before we jump into the normal segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, as per usual, we will do, of course, news. And then trailers for the um, exclusively for the Twitch chat. Uh, so audio only people, you will not be uh, unfortunately hearing us react to the trailers because I think that would be boring for you guys. But if you would like to participate with us live, uh, you could always catch us uh, every other Saturday at 9 p.m. EST over on twitch.tv forward slash MrJVT and interact with us live, chat with us about the show while we're actually recording the podcast. And, you know, we'll obviously read your chat comment out loud, so you'll actually get to be kind of, you know, featured on the podcast in a way. And other ways you can interact with us and get featured on the podcast uh, is if you send us an email with the, uh, like, the show you want to give your thoughts on um, as the subject subject line, uh, and you email us at uh, channelchaserspodcast at gmail.com. If I get any uh, emails pertaining to uh, shows we've covered in the past, I will uh, save those up and I will uh, read those in a segment. And shoot, if it gets popular enough and we get enough uh, emails, I might just split it between me and Brian. Um, and then, uh, of course, I will, uh, if you also just want to you know, give short, quicker thoughts, you could always tweet us and then uh, end that tweet using the hashtag... Uh, Channel Chasers podcast, but uh, be sure to at me uh, at Mr. JVT, and uh, I'll be sure to uh, look for that, and then of course feature that on the podcast as well. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, we are going to go ahead and kick it off 
with some nerd news. Take it away, Brian. All right. So, uh, first up, we're going to uh, get in the time machine and talk about something from at least my childhood. Um, All right. Interesting. Sit. Another. Uh, um, this was already announced to be in the works, but there was a new news story about it. That I just wanted to cover just because it's kind of weird. All right. But uh, for those that didn't know, they are doing a uh, a kind of a sequel reboot type thing for another 90, I think it was 90s sitcom, uh, Frasier. Frasier? Dude, I love Frasier. Yep. Uh, well, um, Fraser was also one of the reasons as a kid I, I kind of thought I wanted to be a therapist. Yeah, oh. I, I, I have good memories of watching it with the family. Uh, the Japanese, fun fact, Japanese loved Fraser, especially the dog. Makes sense, makes sense. Murray, I believe that was his name. But, uh, Here's the new news about it that is kind of weird. Okay. It was recently announced that in this, uh, like, sequel reboot type thing, mm -hmm. Kelsey Grammer is the only returning cast member. Not even Frasier? That is Frasier. Oh, uh, uh, wait. I mean, not, not even, like, like his, his brother, Niles, or... Nope. What? Nobody? Apparently, apparently they asked, and nobody wanted to come. Uh, Niles uh, currently has his own show right now going on. Ah, oh. and he just said that he didn't felt like he didn't want to do it. Man, it would be it'd be kind of cool if they got like Woody Harrelson to appear in the episode. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Uh, I know he's big now, they, but you know. Mm hmm. The way they maybe even Ted Danson. Uh, Ted Danton would totally do it. Ted Danton is always up for a cameo. But, uh, but, uh, whatchamacallit, um, I believe Kelsey Grimmer actually said that, uh, after they knew that they weren't going to get Niles and all that, uh, they decided that, uh, this was going to be just, like, an act three for Frazier's life. Oh, okay. Where uh, Cheers was like Act One, and his actual show was, was Act Two. Yeah, mm -hmm. two. Doesn't he have a? So, yeah, he, he had a daughter in the show, right? Or was it a I son? I believe so. He had a kid. I know he had a kid by the end. I yeah, I, I remember that. So maybe the kid will return. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on to something that is more in our oeuvre. All right. I don't know if you've heard about this, Jay, or not, because it was a big uh, nerd news, a little bit controversial. All right. But not like political controversial, so don't worry about that. 
Good, good, good. All right. So, um, what's up? Sony Marvel. Oh, whenever you start with those two words, it's a little scary. Has announced that they are partnering with Amazon Video. Uh huh. To do to do a series of different Spider Verse TV shows. I'm not mad at this. Amazon superhero animated shows. Granted, there's only been like two, if we count Diabolical. Um, but Amazon's not been bad. And um, from what I hear, uh, Vox Machina is really good, and that's animated on Prime. There was another show we covered uh. on the old um, the old podcast that was also very good that was on Prime. What was the one where they were in like the Halloween costumes and shit? Do you remember? Uh, it was Costume on... Quest, I want to say. I Con- believe that was it. Yeah. That was also but, prime. Uh, I believe yeah, I could be wrong, but I believe that uh it's either gonna be a collection of live action and animated or only live action. Oh interesting. And the first one that they announced because mm-hmm. they announced one when they announced this is uh Silk. Oh, I did did hear about this. Uh, I heard about this, actually. Shout out to Mr. Sunday Movies, uh, the Weekly uh, Weekly Planet podcast. Doubt they'll ever hear this, but I'm a huge fan. Did hear about this in their news segment. Uh, Yeah, I'm... So, I like Silk. Um, I I think she was a very interesting character. I did think that the the whole pheromone always want uh, being compelled to fuck Peter thing was a little excessive. Uh... It but, was, but, but like once they, they to- once they, yeah that. once they toned that down and she got to be her own person and like her, mm-hmm. her her whole like being locked in the bunker and the the fish out of water using analog tech in the two thousands sticking to old ninety shit like that was cool I enjoyed it I think um you know I'm I'm more interested in a silk related project than you know fucking Madam Web or what is it? Which, um... El Muerto? Yeah, El Muerto. <laughs> by the way, this isn't a news story, but just quick uh, side tangent. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard, but uh, a, like, rumored plot and set photos seem to indicate that this is going with it uh-huh. has been, uh, quote-unquote, revealed for, uh, for, um, Madam Web, and it looks like it's gonna be a take on Terminator. Uh-huh. Where the spider women have to go back in time and make sure Peter Parker is born. Time travel, no! <laughs> no, not time travel. But, but anyway, back to this. Um, yep. A little bit concerning news, but then some good news about this Silk show. Uh, the showrunner that was announced. Uh, Probably going to get, if I get this wrong, I'm sorry, but uh, Angela Kang, uh, who, uh, the biggest thing, no, it's just a weird coincidence, but uh, the biggest thing that she's done so far is that she's the current showrunner for, or was the current showrunner for The Walking Dead. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. But apparently, apparently, she supposedly was going to be covering one of the 
umpteen spinoffs that were announced. I was going to say, there, but, are, there uh, are like a bajillion of those. But apparently she left that to do this. Interesting. And one thing that has me uh, a little bit hopeful is that it was also announced in the same news story that uh, both uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller yeah. are going yeah. to be EPs and have a heavy hand in this... Uh, I did. I, I, I did hear. I did hear about that in the story as well. Yeah, definitely excited for that. Um, Lord and Miller mm-hmm. uh, have proven that they have a a, a strong grasp on things. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I do have I do have more faith in them uh, more so than Sony in general. As long as mm-hmm. Sony just lets them do them, I think they'll be fine. But I, but I think Sony's so desperate that they will just let them do them because Spider-Verse worked. Also, one thing of note that I do want to point out here is that they got a Korean showrunner for the Korean superhero. Yeah, so. that's pretty cool. That's definitely cool. Um, yeah, that, but, uh, I'm excited for that for sure. I'm hesitantly excited. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. It's something new. Um, it's um, also forgot to mention uh, that all the shows that are part of this like deal mm-hmm. will be stream. It will be streaming on um, Amazon Prime, but they will also be streaming on Epix Plus. Oh, what the fuck is? Oh, right, that's where Pennyworth used to be. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck is it?" I was like, "I've heard of Epic somewhere." I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember. I I bought I I uh I bought like two months worth of Epic just so I could watch the the first two seasons of Pennyworth, which I'm probably just gonna have to rewatch again because it's been a long time. I really like Pennyworth just as as a side tangent. It has no right to be this good, but it's like it's like bat- if Batman did The Man from Uncle starring Alfred. I believe the new season is on HBO Max. Yep, it is. It is. I, 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 but, just, haven't, uh, I just haven't had a chance to refresh myself. But uh, let's move on to uh, mm-hmm. my neck of the woods. Um, All right. For, uh, Doctor Who. We uh, got uh, big Doctor Who news. Okay, I was going to make a Florida joke, but never mind. Uh, but uh, I wasn't being literal. But I know. Anyway, um, it was announced. We do have official. Uh, we do have official statement of uh, who is going to be the companion to. Um, I'm probably going to butcher this name, and I'm sorry, but Nakuti Gatwa is Doctor Who. Wait, who is who's who's Nakuti Gatwa? Is uh. The black guy from uh, Sex Education. Oh right, right. I was like, I, I, don't, I was like, I don't know his actual name. I only just knew him as Eric. <laughs> well, after he got but, announced, Eric. Okay, it's Eric. Got it. But uh, but uh, the new companion is going to be. Uh, her name is uh, Millie Gibson. She she is a lesser known, uh, younger. Up and coming uh, British actress, uh, been in a show called uh, Butterfly, which was an L. Which, uh, if I remember correctly, the whole entire reason why it's called Butterfly is because it's about a trans person, and so 
Ah, they're like comparing the, the whole dreams transition. Yeah the, yeah, the transition. In, uh, like, okay, that makes sense. Oh, but she know. also made uh, waves as I believe her character was the mean girl in uh, the the infamous uh, long-running British soap opera Coronation Street. I've heard of Coronation Street. That was that was something that my that was something that some of my friends said that I would be into, but I never gave it a chance. But um, yeah, I hadn't seen it either. But uh, the. We also know the name of her character. Um, okay. Ruby Sunday. Nice. Also, that, um, that sounds like that sounds like uh, that sounds like a dessert at a Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah, but uh, we don't know much about her character, but we do know that uh, she is to date uh, the youngest companion of Modern Who and the second youngest overall in Doctor Who for companions. Oh, cool. Um, she is um, 18. I really hope I'm able to f- watch this like without, ha- mm. without having to fucking, you know, raise the Jolly Roger. Because, <laughs> like, I was so mad. Uh, oh. Uh-huh. Did you not hear? Oh, oh yeah. Is it going to be on Max now? No. Disney Plus. What? For real? Yeah. Yeah. Like with starting with a New Year special? I believe so. Um, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Or at the very least starting with this new this season with uh Nakuti and uh Millie. Look, I I hated on Jody's final season, but that was not Jody's fault. I just did not like the preachiness of the last season. Shit, I'm fu- I, might, Which, uh, I might have to come back for this. Alert. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Uh, I found out something about the final episode of Jody's run. Uh-huh. They pulled a fucking Destiel. What? Yes. I didn't confirm the the uh, fanship until right at the end. Wait, which wait, I, which fanship? Yaz and the Doctor. Ah, the fan gay ship. They didn't confirm it until the very end. Ah, gotcha. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know Yaz was into girls. Hmm. Well, yeah. Uh. But anyway, um, this is cool and exciting. Um, it's clear they're going for a younger audience, which I think could help reinvigorate it. Listen, I'm, um, I'm totally cool and, with this. And didn't this isn't Moffat back? Yep. Yeah. So look, I, I, I've talked shit about Moffat before because I'm a Sherlock fan. Oh wait, no, it's not Moffat that's coming back. It's, oh no, um, no, no! It's uh, Russell T Davies, right? Russell T Davies. Yeah, Russell T Davies. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I don't have to. I don't have to give my Moffat spiel. Um. No, it's uh, Russell T Davies. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all right. So, uh, like I was saying, the last news story it deals with a franchise that is uh, dear to you, Jay. All right. Percy Jackson. Hell yeah! More Percy news. Let's go. More God news. Okay. Uh, 
One is mediating. One is uh, really exciting. All right. Uh, we got two gods that were announced. Okay. First of all uh, is uh, Hades. All right. Um, it's th- this guy uh, named uh, Jay Dupless. Never heard of him. Do I know him from um, anything? Well, him and his brother Mark do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, but acting-wise, I uh, he's most known for being the son in uh, that Amazon hit show, uh, Transparent. Oh, I've heard of that. Never watched it. He was also the teacher in uh, Paper Towns. Oh, that's cool. I have seen that. Yeah. That was pretty good. All right. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he bulks up a little bit and can play like a, like Mafia boss-ish. Um. Yeah. They didn't go for someone who's like big comedy and stuff, like like with the movie. So was, the the, the movie was weird. Like they, they turned him into mm-hmm. like a washed up rock star. Yup. I don't but, uh, know where that came from, but anyways. Next up, we have uh, not a, not part of the main trio, but still, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of the Forge, God of the Forge. Oh, they casted Hephaestus. Yep. All I right. don't know if you'll recognize this name, and I might butcher it, but uh, you'll recognize him once I start saying his stuff that he's been in. Okay. Uh, Timothy Oliphant. No, Oddmanson. Oh. I like Timothy Oliphant. He was, uh, he was he really was, good in uh, Santa Clarita. Right? He's most notably known for being Lassiter on Psych. Okay, I remember Lassiter. But, but we also know him as God Johnson on Lucifer. Oh, cool! God Johnson! <laughs> uh, Kane on Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And... Most notably for us in particular, the king in Galavant. Yo, that was one of my favorite one season wonders. It was two seasons. It was two seasons? Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. It was two seasons. I liked it a lot. But anyway, that awesome dude is going to be Hephaestus. That's dope. And Hephaestus really does play an important role later down the line because uh, of. One of his kids becomes one of the main protags. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I'm excited. That that's that's yep. that's super hype. Uh, have they casted Mr. D yet? Uh, Dionysus. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, Palmetto from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh shit! That's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, he, he better be wearing like the 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 gaudy part, uh, the gaudy fucking is it leopard print? It's leopard or ch- he he wears some kind of tacky big cat fur that's related. I want to say it's leopard. I want to say Dionysus animal is a leopard. Uh, mm. but oh man, that's great. That's a character you're supposed to cast an immediate in because Mister D is. The camp counselor who doesn't want to be here because he was sent here as a punishment by his dad. Mm-hmm. It was it's it's great, and also 
because he's around kids, he has to. T he he's got the reason he's so pissed all the time is because he has to stay sober because he's around children. And uh, Zeus fucked with his powers so that he can't summon wine anymore. He can only summon mm -hmm. Diet Coke. <laughs> it's that's, it's that's funny. It's great. It's I remember great. that now. It's great. I but, uh, listen. Those books mean a lot to me. I, I, I'm very much looking forward to this show. Yeah. Uh, um. It'll be interesting to see how we go from here. Um. I don't think we know any of the of the parental gods yet, except for uh, except for uh, Artemis. Uh, not Artemis. Uh, Athena. No. Um. Apollo? Hermes. Hermes? Ah, uh, Hermes. Yeah, yeah, we know Hermes. We uh, we don't know anything about Brosidon yet. No Brosidon. Um No Brosidon. Um, um We do know Ares. Yep. Who isn't the like edge. who isn't a yeah, who isn't a who isn't a protagonist parent, but he is a main antagonist in the like at least the first part of the series. Uh, which, yeah, he's supposed to be. Yeah, which which uh, gr which great casting, by the way. Like, yeah. Uh, the, for the people that we that I know, I say that they've done great so far with the gods. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I as as an avid book uh, reader, I am uh, very satisfied with the casting. Uh, like, mm -hmm. um, especially the the Adam Project kid. I think he definitely. Watching that, mm -hmm. watching that movie, he gave me Percy vibes. Uh, I'm iffy on Annabeth, not because of reasons people on the internet will get mad, but mostly because I'm just kind of sick and tired of her not being a blonde. I hear that. Like, I know it's minor, and as long as her personality is, is there, I'll be fine, but like, you, you know how it is, man, like, you all you have this picture in your head. The book tells you that you know she's uh, she, she's like this, and the, the movie casted an actress who would have looked exactly like her if they just dyed her hair. And then you know that the, they uh, they cast this. I'm sure they casted more personality. So I'm going to you know have faith in in the uh, in the showrunners here. Um, but like I don't know. I'm just. I'm still a little salty that she's not blonde. She's still got the baseball cap, which is important. Like I, y'all who she don't was blonde once mm -hmm. in the god awful sequel film. Yeah, we don't talk about the sequel film. They they yeah. tried they tried to make Clarice a love interest and do a weird love triangle thingy with her, Percy, and Annabeth, and I was. Yeah, no. And they also tried to uh, um, jumble like two or three books together. Dude, don't remind me. They fast forwarded through the big prophecy that's supposed to span the entirety of the first series. It's so dumb. Mostly, mostly because they did the wrong thing and they started Percy at like 15. So, yeah. by the time of the second movie, he was 16, and in the books, right, he starts off at 11, and the prophecy talks about him at 16. 
So over mm. over the course of the books, it's them trying to either stop the prophecy or like figure out like what the fuck is going on. And by the time he's sixteen, it's like, oh shit, it's big prophecy time. Um, and then th- that's how that goes down. I hear you, but uh, let's move on to um, yeah the video exclusive portion. Yeah, so this is going to be like the quickest break ever. We only really recorded, I only only recorded like nine minutes of footage. But hey, that's easier for me to edit, so I am not complaining. Uh, but yeah. Audio only listeners, we will be back momentarily for y'all. We are going to do, as Brian said, the uh, Twitch chat exclusive segment where we react to trailers Brian has, you know, curated up for us. Brian, would you like to tell the uh, audio only listeners what trailers we will be reacting to so they can check them out themselves if they haven't, you know, heard of these trailers or anything like that? One second. I totally forgot that we do that now. No Uh, problem. But yeah, um, if I remember correctly while I'm pulling it up, it's roughly 50-50 movie and TV this time. Nice, nice. Um, we are going to be doing um, The Witcher Blood Origin. Excited for that. I've seen that trailer, actually. Um, I hadn't. Um, YouTube ad. Then uh, new Netflix, a new Netflix show called uh the recruit which seems like a spy show starring uh netflix uh, go-to boy oh noah noah Centime- uh, centineo i almost called yep. it, i almost called him scented mayo because you know because that was just, just the you. joke but yes all right and then, uh, magic mike's last dance all right a third Magic Mike film. That's funny because uh, last time we did a trailer segment, we had we uh, talked about the Chippendales uh, Hulu joint. Yep, that's kind of hilarious. Yep. Funny coincidence. And then um, the spiritual sequel to uh, to uh, the indie darling uh, movie Searching. This one being called Missing. Nice. Yeah, um, I remember you telling me that you uh, you had that one queued up. Yeah, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the trailer for this one. And then and then um the movie that's been hitting all the indie like the film festival circuits that has been getting getting buzz for Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Huh. <laughs> and then and then um a new Netflix, I think it's a TV show, or it could just be a movie. It's animated, mm-hmm. called uh, "My Dad, the Bounty Hunter." Interesting. Oh man, I loved that one show on Netflix. Uh, what the fuck was that? Was it, was it Teenage Bounty Hunter? Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunter, or something like that. Like the just Teenage Bounty Hunter. So yeah, they changed the name. Yeah, they changed the name. But yeah. It, because obviously it was Netflix. I loved that show. I don't think we co- did we cover it. I don't know if we covered it, no. but I watched it and I really liked it. And they ended on a cliffhanger. I'm pretty sure that guy canceled. I think we were going to cover it, but then they very quickly canceled it. Yep. Sad. And, Sad. That was a good show. It was, but uh, ending up, we've got two Disney trailers continuing the animated. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the new Pixar Elemental. Oh, yeah, I, I remember hearing about this concept. And the other one I'm and guessing then, is Strange World? No. Oh, I was going to say, I've been seeing... That I've, movie's already out. Oh, I was going to say, I've been seeing that trailer everywhere. It's because the movie's out. But ah, uh, the last okay. one that we're covering is more our oeuvre. It's a TV trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, Zootopia Plus. Oh, so Disney Beastars. Kind of. I mean, everybody kept making the joke that Beastars was anime Zootopia. But you know what I mean. Yep. But uh, anyway, that's what we have in store. Nice. All right. So, audio-only listeners, we will see you guys in a second. Enjoy this short intermission. All right, audio-only listeners, welcome back. We are going to officially start the discussion proper on The Dragon Prince Season 4. So, as we said at the top of the show, this is a show that has been on hiatus for like five years I believe the last season came out in like 2017 maybe 2018 somewhere like that uh, and that is a crazy long period of time obviously it's an animated project uh, COVID made the world stop and you know it was a whole thing so the fact that this still got done in general uh, is a miracle um, so Hats off to Aaron Haas and the rest of the team there. Uh, this show itself was uh, just a show in general that I really enjoyed personally. Uh, it has a the same kind of fun whimsicalness of the early seasons of Avatar. I know a lot of people uh, who got into Avatar don't like the early seasons as much is because that's when it felt like a quote-unquote kids show but as someone who was like 11 when Avatar first started um, you know those early seasons were always some of my favorites where some of the best comedy was um, and you know that's what really got me to fall in love with the characters especially characters like Sokka who ended up becoming like I said, well, he was my favorite character until we had Zuko's whole redemption arc. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so the fact that the Dragon Prince is a more comedic show, it definitely does lean more towards kids. But it doesn't. Uh, one thing that the show does that Avatar also didn't do, it doesn't talk down to its audience. Um, and I did not. Mm-hmm. I, I especially didn't feel it with this season. Um, but. Uh, Go, uh, I want to give you guys the same warning I gave Brian. If you haven't seen the show, uh, or you haven't yeah. seen you haven't seen the season, and uh, you're like us, and you know it's it's been forever, do not go into this season and expect it to be on the same like plot progression level. This is a setup season, one hundred percent. And here's the thing, though. It's a setup season, and we know that we have, like, you know, was it three other seasons confirmed? Right, Brian? Yes, it, th- this, is, this is season f- four in a seven-season plan. Yep, so, and, and the others have been already greenlit, so we don't have to worry about them cliffhanging us. So, 
just do me a favor stick with the ride like there are gonna be some parts and we're gonna get into it that uh that do drag that do feel a little out of place and a little too slow but like again it's all set up and if you i feel like mm -hmm. if you go into watching the show with that frame of reference in mind you will enjoy the show a lot more because uh, yeah, I will, because I'll tell you right off bat. Uh, I watched it first before Brian, and I went in after because I I also rewatched the third season, which actually got me pretty hyped to watch season four. Uh, like right after, um, and after finishing season three again, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see what happens. Holy crap! And then you know we start off where we start off in season four, and it's just like, all right. And it just it just kept moving and moving. I'm just like, oh no, the the pace is really uh, kind of hit a hit a standstill for this uh, this season. I don't know if I like it. But then when I you know sat back and thought about it and realized it was a transition season, I went back before we were uh, you know before recording this podcast and watched this uh, watch season four a second time with this new knowledge, and I appreciated it a lot more. Uh, do I think it's perfect now? Hell no. Uh, do I still have problems? Of course. But, like, I th I definitely feel like it accomplished what it set out to do. Um. Oh, yeah. It, it was still good, but yeah. Definitely, um, if you want, I won't, I won't spoil anything, but if you watch, um, if you watch season three, it kind of ends in, like, a Semi, uh, like finite, like good crescendo climactic in kind of end. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is this whole season is just setting up where they're gonna go from here with the last three. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, to use an avatar comparison. Uh, if you if you if you want to think about it like this, it's like the bossing, say, Earth Kingdom section mm -hmm. before we get into the part where we find out that Azula broke in and shit starts hitting the fan. You know what I mean? Like, when they're just palling around the Earth, uh, like, bossing, say, and, you know, things are a little weird, but, like, no one really calls anything out yet, and then we find out all the crazy shit down the line, but, like, if you watch that sec if you watch the Earth season again, which ironically enough, this is also the Earth season. Um, uh, yeah, during that bossing say second, there's a whole slow ass part right before we find out all the stuff about the Dai Li and the brainwashing, and there is no war in bossing say type thing. Like, mm -hmm. th there's a lot of setup to build to that, and I feel like. This is that. I don't know if we're going to get as big a payoff as Bossing Say. I don't want to set you guys' expectations to, you know, put it there. Please don't, because, you know, that's how you set yourself up for disappointment. But uh, that's my closest point of comparison. And considering that the creator is one of the, uh, is one of the head writers for Airbender, I figured, you know, that, uh, that, was, a, that was a good analogy. But, uh, Brian, um, what was your experience with uh, season four of Dragon Prince, I know you talked about it a little bit already, uh, piggybacking off of me. But uh, let me let me get your full thoughts. Loved Avatar. 
Glass Airbender, like everyone else, um, went into this. I'm honestly, let's uh, let's be honest here. I'm more. You know, I'm a bigger fan of like the whole your your quote unquote European fantasy mm-hmm. with like the dragons and knights and uh, elves. Then Jay is over here. Um, um, I mean, I, but, uh, I, I feel, I feel, I feel like it's about, I feel like it's about even. I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy medieval fantasy a lot. Game of Thrones is my shit. <laughs> yeah, you said that uh, you don't want to see Rings of Power because you're not, you weren't too into the. Well, I, I'm not, in, I'm not into Tolkien. I'm not into Tolkien, but that, that, that's, that's more of a, a per- personal choice, uh, because, because like. Uh, reading the like the progenitor of everything, it it feels a little intimidating, you know. I I, I hear you, but uh, I've I've read The Hobbit and some of Two Towers. I've read The um, Hobbit because that was a baby book. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, which I'm call it. Um, I was excited when I heard about Dragon Prince, and uh, we did cover it before, and it. Three seasons, the first three seasons were really good. Oh yeah, really oh, good build up. Real um, quick, sorry to interrupt you, Brian. I want to make a, I want to make a retraction to anybody who uh, listens to our Black Panther episode, and I said that there was a, there was a Dragon Prince episode of the podcast. That is technically true, but also not. Oh, there, yeah. were, there were we did do Channel Chase episodes for season one, season two, and season three. However, they no longer exist, uh, thanks to the, the great YouTube purge of my original channel. Um, so, unfortunately, you cannot go back into, uh, go into the Wayback Machine and listen to what past Jay and past Brian mm-hmm. thought about these uh, previous seasons. Mm-hmm. We get into the whole reason why. It's a whole thing. But anyway... Yep. Uh, Really enjoyed the first three seasons. Definitely had little moments here and there where it's clear that they just threw that in for like a younger audience. But mm-hmm. but overall, really good show. They handle some really like heavy themes, like death and like being an orphan. And also, stuff. also and, the, the animation has markedly improved. Although it still keeps mm-hmm. it still keeps a little bit of the jank to it, which I like honestly. It gives it mm-hmm. it gives it charm. Um, kind of reminds me of Spider Verse. You know how like in Spider Verse, yeah. all, all all the different characters moved at different frame rates. Like uh, it kind of reminds me of that. Um, well, it also makes more sense because um, it's weird because now that I'm thinking about it. It seems like the elves move more smooth, and the dragons move like more clunky. Oh yeah, which makes sense, uh, like given like the physics of their races and stuff. Um, yeah, but, but, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I was really looking forward to the new season. I was gonna go back and rewatch, but uh, I just ran out of time with watching other stuff and not feel feeling up to it but so i did watch this after jay gave me that warning 
Oh man. And yeah. Just uh, just a real quick side note. The like before before Brian started watching it, I was complaining about it in non-spoiler fashion, and Brian got Brian even told me he like you're getting me worried about this, dude. Are you sure you want to cover this? I thought we made a whole policy about like not doing shows just to hate on something anymore i'm like here's but i was like but here's the thing though brian i don't hate on it like i know it's setting up to something cool trust me on this Uh uh-huh by the way when he when he uh audience when he said this this was before his uh more favorable rewatch yeah yeah I, i i complained about it a lot in in after my first viewing because again, it was just all initial reaction. I I I had some hype from rewatching season three and remembering all the cool stuff that happened in season three. Uh, so like I was complaining to Brian and Cap about it, and um, you know, Br- Br- Bri- Brian knowing how cynical I am, he's like, I don't know, man. Usually when you hate on something this hard, it turned out to not be that good. I'm like, no, 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 no. I have a gut feeling that, like, this is going to set up to be something awesome later. So, I'm... I'm mm-hmm. The end of this, like, the end is really good. Oh, and, yeah. uh, the whole entire season as a whole is... is real... is good. It's just... it's, a kind of like, um... I hate to make this comparison, but, uh... it's kind of like, um... Game of Thrones season seven, not season eight. I'm not talking about season eight. I'm talking about season seven. Yep. Season seven, where it was still good, but it wasn't as good as before. Yep. But unlike, unlike, uh, unlike Game of Thrones, though, I know that big stuff is coming, and I have more hope that they're actually so, gonna, they're actually going to deliver on the big stuff. And like, yep. and and that's the thing. That's the thing, right? Like, I. I went into it and I was like, hmm. the beginning, I'm going to be honest with you guys, like, spoiler free, the beginning sucks. <laughs> I didn't like the beginning, <laughs> but maybe that was because I had just watched uh, season three and I did not need all the handholdy intro stuff, but well, I get, but I get it. It's been five years. So most, most people didn't <laughs> rewatch well, season three. Well, see, here's the thing is, uh, it was handholdy, and it wasn't just because normal people didn't do rewatch. It's also because um, there's a bit of a, a time jump in universe. Yeah. So it's not five years, but it's two. It's, yeah, it's been two. It's been two in world. Yeah. But so there's still some change. Yeah, personally, the, for me, uh, the intro was lackluster. The middle was where it picked up. For me, and then the mm-hmm. end finished off very strong. Um, so uh, that th- th- that's kind that's kind of my spoiler-free take. Uh, we are gonna divide this by character grouping because that's honestly how the season divided it up. Um, mm-hmm. and at first I was like, "All right, I I feel like all these plots are fighting for screen time instead of how in season three every plot kind of stood on its own, but then converged later. Kind of like, this is a weird analogy, uh, we've, but we've talked about this before on the podcast, like Superman and Lois. You know, there's like the, the Clark plot, mm-hmm. the Lois plot, the, the Suns plot, 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, they all seem like their own separate thing going in different directions, but by the end of the season, they all converge into one super plot. That's, mm-hmm. that's what they did here, and when I realized that's what they were doing, I was able to tolerate it more. But, the fr- I'm not gonna lie, the first time I was watching it, I was like, no, 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 I wanna go back to, f- I wanna go back to, uh, I wanna go back to, like, the worst best dad ever. And him trying to awkwardly interact with his daughter's boyfriend. Without going into spoilers, it also doesn't help that, uh, that, uh, three, two out of the three, uh, groups are starring characters that we've known and loved for several seasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And one group is, like, all, basically majority. all completely new, yeah. Except, except for, for two characters. Yeah, except for two that we were introduced to before. And and to be fair, one of those two was one of my favorite side characters just overall. So they got big points for that. But it, that was probably the weakest plot, in my opinion. We'll, but we'll get well, both to of that. those two. Yeah. But one of those two didn't really get time to shine in this. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is our kind of short spoiler-free section on the Dragon Prince season four, I do advise if you have the time uh, to go back and watch season three. Uh, mm-hmm. There are there are only nine episodes, like twenty minutes long. Uh, so don't be like me. So I would I would advise to jump in. Um, like mm-hmm. it, it's a great show. Um, don't try to compare it to Avatar. First off, no, they're two separate things. Yeah, yeah. Um, like let it be its own thing. But it is still very solid, good quality, fun characters. Honestly, the, the characters are great. It, it, the characters are the best part of the show, in my opinion. Um, yeah, indeed. And also, um, just as a thing, though, uh, this and uh, Last Airbender are both fantasy shows, but just goes to show you how well, wide the fantasy genre can be. Also, I just want to point out, uh, just 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 to give the the creator some major cred and some like you know props. Yeah. This dude, Aaron Ahaz, he was one of the main writers on Airbender, and he wrote some of my favorite episodes of all time, uh, including uh, Zuko's Lost Day or Zuko uh, Zuko's um, uh, Zuko's uh, Zuko's Lost Days, which were. The, which were, were the episode where Zuko ran away and was like traveling on his own trying to figure uh, figure his way out where he mm-hmm. he helped that one Fire Nation family or uh, not not Fire Nation Earth Kingdom family and then they found yeah. out he was a firebender that episode he did the really heavy episode where Katara went on her Zuko adventure and she hunted down the guy who killed her mom Ooh. you guys remember that episode he wrote that mm-hmm. one. Also, probably the biggest one. He wrote Iroh's Tale in Ooh. the Tale of Ba Sing Se. So, if you want to blame somebody for making you cry like a little baby bitch, this guy. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Ma- Mako, Mako, yeah, hundred uh, percent. But yeah, uh, um, yeah. Moving, um, moving along. Uh, let's go ahead and start off by talking about uh, our main crew, Team Dragon. Um, mm-hmm. So, Team Dragon consists of 
Archmage Callum, uh, one of the princes of Catalus, uh, the now King Ezrin of Catalus, um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, of course, best boy, Soren, head of mm-hmm. Ez- uh, Ca- Ezra's Ca- Ezrin's captain of the guard, mm-hmm. um, best boy, um, and then, of course, we have uh, Rayla of the Moonshadow Elves, uh, Callum's, yeah. ex- Callum's ex-girlfriend, Moonshadow Spy Assassin. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, we are jumping into spoiler territory. Let me go ahead and hit that button for y'all so you can <laughs> get that warning. I almost forgot about it. Here you go. Alright, the alarm has been sounded. Let's go ahead and jump into spoiler territory. So as I was saying, uh, Rayla is Callum's ex. Uh, uh, she was a Moonshadow Elf. She is the last Dragon Guard. Uh, she helped protect Zim while he was still an egg and a little baby. Um, and of course, there is Zim himself. Um, Osimodius, mm-hmm. I want to say his name is. Osimodius. Um, I believe so. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, Bait, uh, the other mascot pet character. We have three mascot pet characters in this season. Four, uh, technically. Four. No, oh, it's three. Sheila. No, she, Sheila. Uh, th- 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 that's three. Bait. Uh, uh, the, uh, bait. The bad guys. Oh right, right. I forgot about the bad. Yeah, I forgot the bad guys had one. Right, I, I was I was only counting Team Dragon ones, but yeah, we have we have three no we have three mascot pet characters this season, which is a little weird. Like Avatar had two on but their on their main team. I I get it because uh, the thing with uh, Avatar was that it was just both those pets were kind of just Aang's pets. Yeah, but here each person is getting their own. Like, uh, now that we uh, are past the, the spoilers, mm-hmm. there's a chance that... Uh, yeah, Soren has his own dragon, which is dope. Y- yep. But, uh, but yeah, so it seems like we've got... All of them have their own now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also part of uh, Team Dragon, or at least for a little bit... Yeah, is uh, Zim's mom. Well, also I just wanted to bring up, though, real quick... Because can't do like a whole story about him, but uh, the Minister of Crusts and Jellies. Oh, dude, fucking, fucking the uh, his kingdom's head baker is awesome. Barris. I love that guy. He was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he invented. He's the inventor of all the culinary confections of this fantasy world. He brings in mm-hmm. a lot of the modern inventions, but gives them goofy names like uh, fucking. Brown morning sludge, brown morning mud juice, which is then, uh, which is coffee, and then yeah, brown then, sludge cake. Yeah, brown sludge tart, as opposed to the jelly tarts that, of course, uh, yeah, uh, he invented that are like his specialty. That of course, Ed, that's Edrin's favorite snack. Which, which also, by the way, inventor of a tart. Big enough for a dragon. Yep. 
And he also invented pumpernickel bread for this world, and apparently only Bait likes it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he he was cool addition, and I like the kind of funny thing that Ezrin has made him like part of his official court. Yeah, because cause that's the thing, right? Ezrin has shown a lot of maturity throughout the seasons. He, uh, he's, a, he's a very good diplomat. He's very empathetic. Uh, he, he's very good at connecting with people, and he's a very good leader, despite him being so young. But they, you know, they never forget to remind you that he's still a kid. He does some silly shit. And I like that I, hate, I like that they still allow him to be a kid. It very much reminds me the, of... Oh, my bad. Sorry, I was just going to say probably the same thing that you were. Yeah, probably. Is, uh, I, hate to compete, and I hate to continue the comparison, but... Yeah, that's, similar that, to, uh, that's, how, uh, that's, a, that's exactly what I was going to say. He's exactly how Aang was in the first season of Avatar. Uh, first two, honestly. Um, you know, going penguin sledding, being a big goof, even though he's like, mm-hmm. a, even though he's like 112, he was still acting like a 12 year old. Katara had mm-hmm. to be the mom of the group. Um, like, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. He's very, he's very much, he's very much, uh, in that same kind of spirit as Aang. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to make the same kind of, like, comparison, uh, because unlike Avatar, there is no main main protagonist the, the, no. the entire main team of team dragon all kind of have protagonist power i guess mm-hmm. you know, Although if if you were to uh if you were to uh boil it down i guess you could say the two brothers yeah the two brothers together are yeah a share like a dual main protagonist i guess um, but that's kind of reaching. Yeah. Uh, but uh, going back to it, um, like I said, Azrin, you know, he's matured a lot. He's actually very good at uh, at his job with uh, running mm-hmm. the kingdom. Sure, he does some goofy things, and episode two really shows like a lot of his naivety of like. Yeah, we just gotta invite, you know, we're gonna invite the dragon to it's like, well, your majesty, are you sure? Aren't you sh- don't you think people are gonna be a little scared? <laughs> that the, you know, nah. big ass dragon queen who, you know, we attacked for multiple decades. Um, and um our people, um not us, but our ancestors. Not even our ancestors, the people right before us yeah. that took power. Yeah, the generation before us. Like, openly killed her husband? Ah, it's fine! Besides, me and Zim are buds, we'll, we'll be alright. Which, to be fair, uh, like, uh, the Minister of Crust and Jellies, as well as, like, the little art project thing really did win uh, Mama Dragon over, which I thought was really funny. Um, personally, like, again, well, the first time, I did not enjoy the opening bits of humor, but the second time around, I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. Opening up with a little levity is important, especially with how heavy things get later. Uh, I, it was necessary, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I still am going to hold to my original opinion on is uh, the relationship between Talum and Rayla. It pissed me off. Still pisses me off that, like, 
Like, they broke them up off screen, mind you. They did the break up off screen. Uh, I understand Callum is hurt. I understand, like, you know, he, he doesn't want to just get back with her right away because, you know, she hurt him by leaving like that. But also, you guys, like, you clearly both want to get with each other. Sit down and have a conversation, like people. Yeah, this was definitely one of those, like, ships that we've seen a couple times now. Where, um, it's just, everything would be fixed if they just sit down and have a talk. And what happened when they finally sat down and have a talk? It was fine. I'm not saying it was 100% fixed. There's still some shit they gotta get over. There's still baggage there. But, like, they're not weird about it anymore, or any more weird than they aren't naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, because they are just naturally weird people, which is what makes their relationship kind of oh, so cute. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I will still hold to my opinion, is, like, that shit pissed me off, and it was annoying. I did not like the unnecessary dragging on of the well are they gonna get back together we know they're gonna get back together Joe. so just do it already this isn't avatar where you fucking make us wait 10 years for one kiss god damn it mm-hmm. no i'm not bitter i'm just saying i would like to see more of Aang and Katara's relationship, which I, which we'll hopefully get to see in the later projects. But regardless, this is not about them. Um, uh, yeah, did not like the dragging on of their, their ship. Honestly, the other ship that was dealt uh, dealt with on the other end of the spectrum was much more enjoyable to watch. Uh, we'll get there, but that was much more enjoyable to watch. Uh, last but certainly not least, on Team Dragon. There's a whole section for this guy, because he is best boy. My man Soren. Mm-hmm. My man Soren. My favorite character of this entire show. Oh, yeah, same. Like, oh my goodness. Every time this kid is on screen, he just steals the show. He's the best! He, he starts <laughs> off... The, he starts off the series as this dickbag jock like, antagonist kind of bully to Callum. And then they become friends after he, uh, like, hurts himself and has to find his purpose again. And, like, connects with Callum in that way. And then deals with his daddy issues, which, you know, when your dad's an evil archmage, like, there's a lot of issues there. Um... And, yeah. and of course that gets charged up again uh, given the fact that dad's back because um, for most of the season he thinks rightfully so that uh, his, dad's his dad dead. is dead because he was killed like he was legit killed at the end of season uh, season 3 mm-hmm. uh, however his sister is fucking hot but you know what they say about the the crazy to hot ratio? She is proof of that. She is 100% proof of that. Because, my oh, god, th- this chick, this chick went in, and I, and uh, this is a perfect transition. We can talk in, about her. I would just say, this is a good transition into Team Evil. Well, um, just uh, 
more into Team Dragon though. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We we never really talked about uh as Ezrin. Oh, I mean, there isn't really too much to say about Ezrin. Uh, like uh, I like that he's like come into his his uh magic more and just oh oh, so oh you mean oh, oh you mean Callum. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I had the brothers mixed up. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, we talked, we talked, we talked about Ezra. Uh, I was, I was, I was confused for a second. Yeah, I was talking about Callum. I, 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 I skipped. I, I accidentally skipped over Callum because I kind of already talked about him with with me complaining about his relationship with Rayla, which was honestly a majority of his plot. Him as a character beyond that was really cool. Um, I did like how I know the beginning was kind of slow and all that. But I did like how uh, he used his uh, wind magic to create, like, the a magic it, umbrella. The air-conditioned bubble. Yeah. Yep. That, that was cool. And, and, like, he used it, he shared it, and, like, yeah. just now he just casually does the, the like... Yeah. Spell that yeah. he worked all of like oh, last man. season yeah, yeah. yeah, season yeah, season three uh, yeah, season three was all about him perfecting that wing spell, and that's what saves the day in the end. And and mm. now he can just use it with like without with like without second thought. Like it, it's so good to see the like the progression of how far he's come magic wise. Yeah. Also, um, the the inner struggle with the cube. Yeah. Because now now he knows the cube could help bring the bad guy back, but it also helps him. Also, uh, the, also, he had to deal with the fact that, of course, he was sort of playing into Erevos' hands, um, and he, uh, he is very paranoid about getting possessed again after getting possessed the first time in this season, uh, so much so that he uh, has this uh, a conversation with Rayla of, like, look, if I get possessed again, you need to kill me, which I love the setup to that, because I, I genuinely thought that was funny. She she was like oh, yeah, she, she was like oh finally he's gonna fucking uh, ask to get back together. And he's like Rayla, yes, I need you, yes, to kill me. What? What did you think I was gonna say? Oh man! He even like pulls his nose and he's like, God, I'm not gonna do that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But but that was really cool. Also the. The um, I don't think they're gonna do it, but the hint that maybe there's a chance that uh, that he might be whispered to by Avaros. Avaros, maybe. Avaros. I mean, like they gave a hint. Yeah, for sure. Because he's a prime candidate for Avaros. Yep. Uh, but anyway. He yeah. was really cool. Um, I will say that um, that uh, one of the downsides, and this has to kind of with a uh, team dragon, mm-hmm. is some of the characters that were awesome before get get a uh, get shafted. Get, like, get shafted. Yeah, like um, like Corvus. Yeah, Corvus, the master of arms. He was so cool. And he he just kind of gets left behind, which I understand why he has to stay behind because people have to look after the kingdom while the king's away. And you know, what? if I would trust anybody, I would definitely trust Corvus. Also, we didn't get to see much of it, 
But I did like how they now established that he has an open, like, bro relationship. With Soren, yeah. With the, the, yeah, his bromance. Yeah, his bromance with Soren is great. I, I love, I love their, I love uh, when they're trying to hide the surprise party from, from Callum. Mm -hmm. And uh, Corvus is just like, shut up, Soren. He just keeps looking at him like, Soren, shut the fuck up. And it's just like, oh yeah, the big, the big plot, the plot to kill King Gastrin. And he's uh, like, and Corvus, you know all about that. <laughs> oh man, it's so their back and forth is great. I, I, I wish we had seen more of Corvus. He, he, he was, he was one of my favorite characters from season three. Um, also, he uh, was also just like, like just to go back. Mm -hmm. He he had one of the more interesting um like character progressions because um when he comes in we think there's a chance he might be an antagonist and uh then come to find out no he was just sent by badass ant. Yeah, also to help out. Also side note speaking of uh, characters that improved uh from their disposition from uh season 3 uh, the one female advisor chick who was kind of just a prick mm -hmm. and didn't believe in Ezra before because he was so young. Now, I, I love to see, I mean, even though like a lot of it happened off screen, I love that we see now that she fully trusts Ezra to like, before she was like, nope, you got to stay in the kingdom. You can't go adventuring with your brother and his friends. We need you over here. Like, no, 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 no. We got it. You're obviously needed here. You're important. You got that connection with Zim. You gotta go. It's alright, your majesty. We got this. I, I, I like that she has more faith in Ezran's abilities now, and she's taking him more seriously. But at the same, in the same tone, though, she's also still allowing him to be a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a really cool uh, thing to happen there, and I wonder if we're going to get to see these characters, like, if they'll have their own little side story next season or yeah. so. Yeah. Because yeah. because they're uh, defending the home. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And all that. But, but yeah. Uh, so, I want to... Before I talk about the best part, I want to talk about my least favorite part. So, we're going to transition to... Uh, to, to, to... I don't... <laughs> so, I... I label this in my notes... As team racism. <laughs> because that was the plot. We're gonna still call it team racism. Fuck it. Which is so funny though, because they had a full on, like, right there set in stone thing where you think that it might be about homophobia. Yeah. But no. They're okay with the homophobia. They're okay with. The two women being together, just the fact that the two women are different species. Not the same race. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah. So, team racism. This was my least favorite part of the of the uh, of the season. And during my first watch, this is what I complained about the most, mostly because mm -hmm. this very much like Callum and Rayla's problem, but worse. This literally could have just been solved with a conversation. And, you know, somebody not being 
entirely unreasonable just for the fact of manufacturing conflict. Because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and I still stand by this, Architect Lady really was just being a Karen to be a Karen. Yeah, he was. Because, like, you know, the, the whole incident is caused when um, one of the Sunfire Elves lights a candle in the camp. It's a small little fire. And he... It's a remembrance candle yeah. for his mother who <laughs> just passed away. Yeah, who just passed away. and Like, literally just passed away. Yep. And, you know, the the lady is an architect from Catalyst, the head architect, and she's the one who helped develop and set up the camp for the uh, Sunfire refugees. Because if you don't remember, uh, season three, at the end, their land was completely wrecked. And so uh, they, uh, they were offered refuge by Asrin and Catalyst. So, they're setting up that camp now, um, and the architect lady is like, um, excuse me, that's an OSHA violation, basically. Like, she's like, you can't- he even, like, gave her compromises yeah. and shit? Yeah, so- Like, it, he yeah, told her the relevance yeah. that- Yeah, so, yeah, that, yeah that, that's my thing. That's my thing, and uh, I, I, like, I, I went on a whole rant about this, and I'm gonna go on this rant again. So- like, it would be one thing if she says, alright, look, uh, you know, all of these tents are made of flammable material, you can't have an open flame around here, and then, if the elf guy was being a dick about it, and, like, just getting up in her face, I could totally understand her bucking back. But, like, homeboy was depressed and distraught, Calmly, cal- calmly explains to yeah. He calmly explains to her, "Ma'am, I'm sorry, but this is our this is a tradition for funerals. Uh, I uh, in my culture we ri- we light a candle as a remembrance for those who pass, and uh, you know it's it's in order to guide their soul to heaven." Uh, uh, you know we have to leave this on all night so they can make it there. But before the sun rises. Uh, and my mother just passed away. I promise you I will watch it all night. And then she start, She still is flipping out on him. And I'm like, lady, look, I know this is... I, I know, like, I, lady, I know this is your first interaction with elves. But, bro, he is a sun fire elf who can control fire. <laughs> You don't mm-hmm. think he can control a tiny candle? Yep. And also, uh, this was a back and forth, an escalating back and forth, and he got more and more emotional, and she got more and more strict to what? where he did say, uh, he did say that, uh, please, I'll stay up all night to watch it. Yeah. And what was her? What he, was her response? No. If you don't put it out, I, I will. will. And then she goes for it. Like, here's the thing. They made Homegirl entirely in the wrong. And while I don't agree with the brother going to the extreme of death, I was totally for, like, alright, she needs to go to jail. She's totally mm-hmm. in the wrong here. She needs to go to jail. Well, also, also to the fact of, um, uh, call it? uh, she got her hands burned. And, yeah. Uh, she was, was fucking like right. Rifle. Yeah. 
And oh. uh, granted, I think it was going light, but I did like in the end what the queen decided, oh, which yeah. was that uh, that uh, she's the architect. Build us a shrine. Yeah. I'll, so we uh, can do that without it being a hazard. I don't like that they let her off that they let the Karen off that easy. But I I, 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 I understand the message for the kids. I understand the message for the kids. I get it. Also I personally me, I'm more of an optimist than you are in general. Mm-hmm. But I think that that was letting her off easy. But still, it was an apt uh, punishment. Oh yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely agree that it was appropriate. I also do appreciate that Amai was straight up once she realized what was going on. She was like, "No, you're right. She was in the wrong," and I acknowledge that she was wrong. And there's nothing I can do about it. She's guilty, and I'm sorry. I, I like that. You know, Amai realized mm-hmm. straight up, like. Alright, no, I gotta take accountability for my people. I jumped to conclusions, you know, maybe I was- I apologize myself. I was definitely a little racist there. I, I, I thought the elf- I, I, I thought the elf jumped at one of my people, so I immediately went to defend one of my people. That was my bad. And I made a stupid joke about birthday candles. Yep, that was my bad. I did not- I did not need to- I, I did not mean to jo- I did not mean to make that comment about birthday cake. I didn't understand the significance of the candle. My fault. And again, mm. I, I appreciate her taking accountability. Um, and like, like it, it's a it's a big move for the like the the message of that plot uh, that uh, you know her fiance is pushing that like you know future generations should be able to coexist and get along. I, like I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, however. However, I, I do feel like that, like, this took up a little too much time, in my oh, opinion. Yeah, indeed. It, it, went on, it went on forever. Like, I thought it, it was going to be over when um, they had the trial and uh, she gave her the punishment. But then after that, yeah, they do a whole. Oh boy, basically yeah. said no. Nah, she has it. to die. Yep, it's like nah, fuck it. I guess we got to do a coup now. It's just like we're still going on with this. I thought we resolved it. Like, yeah, like, like especially after she even goes in and says, "Hey, look, here's the sun tree thing. It's yeah, gonna take some time to rebuild, but it's gonna work. It's just." It may not be for us, but it might be for our children or our children's children. And he's like, nah. Yeah, like, the, 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 I don't want to wait that long. The fact that homie just, like, after that, like, that, that clear evidence, he just decides, he makes the conscious decision to backpedal. And I'm just like, motherfucker, really? Also, his presumption that, uh, the whole council's gonna be on my side. Right? Like, Because I am obviously right. Do you not see how badass this chick is? Even, even if they agreed with you, I don't think they'd want to fuck with her. Have you not seen her sword? Mm-hmm. I would not want to fuck with her. I would not want to fuck with her. Also, if you could have any uh, male human there, you have translator dude? Right? 
who is on top of being able to handle his own in a fight is a very like nice guy despite all the shit that he's been through like right he spent like a whole season being kidnapped i was gonna say do you not know how much how long this man has been a fucking uh kidnap torture victim and he's still um, he's still one of the best side characters although this season did not like the fact that uh, he really didn't say anything beyond translating, translating. yeah he and he was also just kind of the source of a couple, like, you know, low-hanging fruit jokes. Which is funny, though, because, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's one of the more, uh, like, uh, prominent voice actors oh, yeah. of the crew. Um, oh. mm-hmm. I think I brought this up last time we did the show, but, uh, Translator Dude mm-hmm. was also, uh, Tony Stark in, uh, Armored Adventures. Armored Adventures, yeah. Yep. And so you get such a big, impressionable dude, and you don't give him anything to do. Yeah. Honestly, that's another thing that I dislike about uh, this particular section with team racism. (laughs) I'm still going to laugh every time I say it. Um, Is uh, even Amai, who, like, technically had stuff to do... Honestly, most of what she had to do was just wedding planning stuff, which honestly could be handled off screen. Like, I care about yeah. their I care about their relationship. Like, they set that up really well in the last season, but I don't give a fuck wh- how many cakes you have. I don't give yeah. a like, you know what and, I mean? Uh, they set her up to be this like, great fighter, yet she doesn't do any fighting this season. There was one point where she started to, but then future fiance came in and said, no, 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 no. They weren't fighting. They were dancers, which, by the way, I do not blame her for going. Yeah, especially what the Sun Elves did to her in season three. Like, no, I would have jumped to that conclusion, too. Those looked like whips. Yeah, no. After her experience with the Sun Elves before they got cool, I totally understand like, her reflexes kicking in there. Um, but also, side note, like, no disrespect to, like, deaf people or sign language, but why would you, why would the only thing that the, the, that the, the person who is a more action speak louder than words person really get to do is give a speech? Like, come on, man. She's an action gal. Let her do some action. Was weird mm-hmm. which is so which is also weird because every time we see her she's like full up gatted ready for war mm-hmm. and yet she never does anything even like that badass shield that she has that is like literally the size of her yeah I, I wish that she was actually involved in the home defense subplot like I feel like she'd be of more use there yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, that's they pro- see her translator dude and Corvus back together again. Yeah, they're, after a, they had, they're a great team. I love them. And they've been split up for in-universe, like, over three years. Yeah, like, come on, man. I hope they, I hope they get a reunion. I really do. But yeah, by far, this is the weakest plot of the three. Um, oh, yeah. 
Like, I do like the queen herself as a oh, yeah. character. The queen is a gr- the queen is a great character. They just gave her a also, shitty plot. <laughs> also, um, we mentioned uh, Amaya's uh, shield, but also her sword. The queen's I, oh, sword. Oh, I mentioned the sword. Her sword is her sword is the shit, bro. Like that's one of the coolest weapons. Like it's literally burning all the time. Yeah, no, that's no, that's what I said. I was like, you really think the council is even if they agreed with you, homie? You really think the council's gonna fuck with you? Or, or like go against her? Have you seen her fucking sword? They don't want. They don't want to deal with that. Nah, and 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 that's the thing, right? Homie was so confident. I know my sister. She will not fight back. <laughs> Bitch, what? Yep. Uh-huh. And then when he did, he was like shocked, Pikachu face. Yeah, he was like, oh, shocked or blue. You actually decided to fight me. Oh, ho, ho. I actually have to fight? I'm sorry, Shit. French people. But yeah. I actually have to fight. It's like, Shit. oh, crap, crap, oh, well. crap. Like, alright, don't Let's worry. It's like, don't worry, I got magic. Aha! Your magic ain't strong enough, bitch. Fire sword. Dude. She, like, did that, like. That was so casual. That, that was so casual. That's an America esque move where it's just, like, standing up to the beam and then just walking towards Bro, it. That was just so cat. She did not give a fuck about her brother's magic. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it, it was. It but was, like... Yeah, we can t- you like, can tell, uh, though, overall, mm-hmm. that this was just set up for the brother to join Team Villain. Yeah, like, that one part was, like, a glimpse of something I wanted to see. Like, her fighting the brother, I was like, alright, I want more of this. I want to see her in action. Mm-hmm. That was the cool part. But that was at the very, 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 very end. And we got, like, maybe three minutes of it. Yep. Honestly, they could have cut this whole part, moved it to the next season, and it would have been okay. But I, I get- think this would have worked well in this season if they had uh, chopped it down. Yeah. Like, on- but, uh... like honestly, so, so here's my thought, right? You know the second episode where they have the introduction of Dragon Mama and Zim coming back and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and they have, they have the little party? Honestly, all of that shit was filler. In my opinion, if they had cut that episode out and replaced that episode with just knocking out the racism plot right there, one episode, and address the address the aftermath in the next season with brother doing team villain, I wouldn't have hated it as much as I hate it now. And I know uh, we got a little bit of the cliffhanger with the team villain where. Uh, Dad went full on dark mode. Yep. But uh, how much of a cliffhanger would it have been if we ended with seeing the brother approach Team Villain? Yep. Speaking of Team Villain, you want to talk about my yep. favorite? You want to talk about my favorite part of the show? Team Villain is my favorite part of the season. Oh man. Um. So I. I really like Terry. I want to. I want to start by talking about Terry. I really like Terry. Um, I'm a little worried with Terry, though, not because of the trans thing. I don't really care about that. I think honestly they're handling that pretty well. 
my worry about Terry is that uh, they won't. They they don't know. It feels like they haven't made up their mind on Terry because mm-hmm. he feels he feels out of place. Like I I like him. I oh shit! It just hit me. Okay. I think Terry is supposed to be like a physical representation of her good side. Ah. And oh, uh, Terry's yeah. gonna die. Terry's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Because what's the thing? What's the thing about uh, black magic? Is uh, you have to kill things. Oh, Terry's gonna die. No. <laughs> Not Terry. Oh, oh, that would be, and that would be, that would be a super yikes. To be honest with you, because the the whole barrier gaze thing. Oh, yeah. Oh and no. I feel like I feel like that might also be the good inciting the moment for Claudia to wake the fuck up. Oh my god, please don't kill Terry. I'm not saying Terry's the best character, but I really enjoy Terry's bond- awkward bonding moments with Viren. And just his, like, in general, like, Tom Holland awkward energy. I love that he- and I, I love that he doesn't- like, he sticks to his guns. Like, when- Yeah. When Viren is bullying him about, like, get a grip, you know, don't worry about having feelings, fuck that shit. Terry was like, no, fuck you. I'm having all the feelings. I love your daughter, and I think you're not that bad of a guy. But I, that, I'm not going to change who I am for her or for you. Mm-hmm. No, I, um, we work because of who I am. And it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like when he's like binding up Soren and doing stuff like that, he's always apologizing. And he's like, that's not too tight, is it? I'm sorry. Yeah, and and then in that one moment where he actually has to save Claudia by killing the dude. Yeah, he 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 kills he kills vegetable protector or vegetable protector. Now Jim has to eat all his vegetables. Hmm. I, I I was sad. We only just <laughs> we, we we only just met that guy last season, and I was like, oh dang, not that guy. Yeah, and he was like, I am a great mage, and yet I am on vegetable duty. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, um, if I had to, like, play an RPG or something, mm-hmm. and in this world, I definitely kind of want to be a wind mage. Oh, yeah, wi- oh, yeah, the sky magic is really fucking dope. Um, Like, we also see him, like, with all that sky magic and shit, when uh, in that brief like fight with him and Claudia, oh whoa! Oh yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. The, the team building also got like the best action sequences. Um, yeah, and uh, they also got his staff. Yep. Which um, I I love it at one point where um, all the action is going down, and the team villain are like actively doing things. And Terry's just walking around, and he's got both staffs in his hand because he's just like, "Yep, y'all are using your hands. You clearly need these, so I'm just gonna go walk." And yep, and I and I do like how Terry has a little bit of his own um, unique magic 
Oh yeah, with the with the with the druid plant thingy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty cool. And th that was a funny moment where he was like, "Yeah, no, but I I progressed it. It's gonna bloom a, a lot sooner. Yep, a week, maybe oh. a week and a half." Also, Team Villain has their own mascot, uh, Sir Sparklepuff, mm -hmm. which. I know, mm -hmm. I know that joke was lame, but I genuinely laughed, especially when Terry was like, yeah, he likes it. Well, it wasn't the joke itself that was funny. It was uh, his reaction. Yeah, the reaction it. faces. Oh my god, the reactions were, were so great. Um, also, like, the one waste opportunity I will say with Team Villain is, mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I, I wanted them to redeem Viren, right? But what I, what I was hoping to happen after watching Season 3 and seeing Viren come back to life, I thought what they were going to do was Viren trying to basically steer Claudia off the path, not necessarily him being a good guy, but him realizing, well, shit, I have a second chance at life, or at least a chance to say goodbye to my daughter. Let me say goodbye to my daughter and make sure she doesn't just turn into me. But, like that moment where he was like, maybe it's not worth it, maybe yeah. just... Yeah, and I, I thought that was a big turning point. I, I'm not saying I wanted him to be redeemed. I think he would, should still be a bad guy, right? So I, I, I am fully okay with him like going back full dark. Mm -hmm. But... but I wanted him to more focus on his fleeting mortality now. Like, now that he only has a month. And we didn't get much time on that. Um, no, as I, as I would have didn't. liked this season. But, uh, I do have to say that there's one subtle... I do want to talk about one subtle good thing and one small bad thing about involving Team Villain. Mm -hmm. uh, the good thing was uh, the fact that they didn't come out and say it, but it was clear that uh, the staff was kind of influencing him. Uh -huh. Like, he didn't go full-on dark mode until at the end where he actually touched his staff for the first time. Yep. Um. And the thing that I didn't like, though, and I hate to say it, it involves Terry, but the running joke about the farts... Yeah. That was def that was definitely for the kid audience. Um, but I I will say though that on the other hand though I do like how um it helped to remind us and bring back up Claudia's more like fun yeah goofy side yeah kid side. <laughs> yeah. yeah um also uh we're talking about things that I didn't like with Team Villain I hate. The revelation about Erebos. I do not like that in story they basically said oh yeah, no, every bad thing that people have done over the centuries, it wasn't their fault, it was Erebos whispering in their ear. That feels chi very childish to me. It doesn't let people make their own mistakes. And I, I didn't get the impression that they were saying every I mean, mistake in uh, all of time. I mean, at, at least in terms of this main conflict, right? 
In terms of this main conflict, all of that was Erebos. That's what the dragon said. Well, back in time before Erebos got sealed, yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. That he was the mastermind, that he was whispering in people's ears. And I don't... And like, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I, I liked... In, in, the, in the first couple seasons, we see, like, Ezrin's dad, right? Or in the first season, we, mm-hmm. see, we see Ezrin's dad. And Ezrin's mm-hmm. dad is an awesome king, great father, all-around good, honorable guy, right? But then we see also that the other side of Ezrin's dad as a king, he's warmongering, he's constantly trying to conquer and attack Xavier. He and Viren are responsible for killing Zim's dad. Um, and so, yeah. like, it showed that even though Ezrin's father, Ezrin and Callum's father, is a good dude, he makes mistakes because he's human. But the point of the show is that his kids and the future generations can learn from those mistakes and be better people, right? But if you introduce that Erevos was really the reason that these people made those mistakes, it takes away a lot of the weight of the people making those mistakes because it wasn't really their fault. I I get that, but... The way that I interpret it, and I could be reaching, is just the fact that there was villain, and there was um, people doing bad things of their own accord, but there was also, like, good and neutral people that were getting twisted and turned by him whispering in their ear and manipulating them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I, 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 I've, just, I've, just I've just never liked the trope of the, of the evil voice. You know, I I I get it. Like I didn't like the fact that uh that uh it was found out that uh when uh when Viren died, he just automatically started whispering into Claudia. Yeah, like I I don't I don't like I I've never liked the evil voice trope. If people are gonna be evil and be corrupted, it should be all like their own journey. I think Claudia's journey on its own, without Erevos uh, like pushing her, made a lot of sense, and her being corrupted was, you know, set up really well. And it's obviously mm. still handled really well in the season, but again, the introduction of Erevos being this big puppet master, like, mastermind, I don't know, for me, it undermines a lot of the the big con the big conflict that this is centered around like it makes it feel like again all all we got to do is beat the bad guy and no one's going to be bad anymore you know i feel that but and i didn't give that, that was completely the situation but um and i'm uh, and, I'm, was- and i'm not going to lie to you the reason the reason i feel this way is because as much as i love avatar it's the biggest problem I have with Avatar. You, mm-hmm. all, all the bad is concentrated in one dude. Oh yeah. You defeat Ozai. 
everything's fixed. We just put Zuko there. They're good guys now. Like, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and I, do, I don't want them to do that again, and it feels like they're doing it again. Yeah, because um, in the end, there were only two villains. Yeah. In all of, in all of uh, Last Airbender, there were only two villains. That were, Say what uh, that, you were yeah, about Korra, but Korra yeah. actually did try to, at least tried to, to have, have Yeah, to have nuance, yeah. But, like, with, with like, Avatar, like, they made Ozai and Azula, like, cartoonishly evil. And, and, uh, like, and like, everybody else and, on the uh, bad guy side was just, you know, there because of obligation or something. Like, they weren't really mm-hmm. bad people. Like... Uh, but, um, it was like... Also, um... With Zuko, until he, like, started having that turn, when he was first introduced, he was very... One note revenge. Yeah, honor, honor, honor. Yeah, for my honor, for my honor, must restore my honor. They even make it, make it, They even make a joke in that uh, parody play episode, which is hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. uh, which um, I do find it interesting that uh, apparently the original, uh, the original uh, um, intent for Iro was for him to just be another. Like one note villain evil. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, um, I, that's just my biggest fear is that like they're gonna put all the evil onto Erebos. Like yeah. Instead of like making it so that there are just genuinely bad people on both sides and genuinely good people on. Uh, Although, on both, like Avatar was able to do that pretty well, but again, Ozai, Ozai leaned too far into the like. It's clearly mm-hmm. just Ozai's fault. Mm-hmm. Like even with Azula, who is the other like major bad guy, why is she bad? It's Ozai's fault. Like, yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah, uh, but. I will say um, one good thing, uh, slightly changing subjects that I will say mm-hmm. that I like that they did was the whole uh, as like a thing to show the passage of the time and like the length she's gone to to get her dad back. Uh, yeah, her when we see Claudia this season. She's half and half. I love. I love the hair. By the way, such a such a good. Such a good character design. She looks, she looks so good. She's hot. She's hot, man. <laughs> There's no other way for me to say it. She's hot. Um, she's crazy, but god dang it, is she hot. Uh, yeah, but, um, but yeah, um, overall team villain was, was cool, but they definitely had a few moments here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah, in my opinion, the best part of the show was Team Villain. Um, so, yeah, closing thoughts and then final score, Brian. Well, also, did you want to do speculation? Uh, we kind of did speculation all throughout, but uh, yeah, sure, if we want to do specula- more speculation. Well, um, there's one thing that uh, maybe it's because I've been viewing TV more. Maybe it's because they threw hints out. 
But uh, they introduced this season talking about like confirming that Erevos is a uh, is a star elf. Yep, and that uh, there aren't that many out there. Yep, that had me thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that we don't know that we've never like. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've seen it more than I. You've seen the first three more recent than me. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezrin and uh, Callum. Callum, sorry, I don't know why my mind's blanking on Callum's name today. Uh, but Ezrin and Callum, they share the same mom. Yep. However. We know that Callum has a different father, but we don't know anything about the father. I don't believe so, no. And we do know that Callum's, uh, Callum's mom is white, so that's why Callum, Callum looks more like his mother. And Aunt Amai. Because uh, Aunt, yeah. Aunt Amai is her sister. Yeah, so that has me thinking. Mm-hmm. That his father might be a star elf? Yeah, I, I had that thought too. Um, Especially when um, when he was looking at the uh, the cube, he definitely hovered over the star emblem. Yeah, and also, um, you know, Nathan gave us exposition on the different magic gems that they use as power sources. He's definitely going to be mm. on the lookout for, what was that, a quasar diamond? Quasar diamond, yeah. I believe. Also, um, I have a feeling that, uh... Night's gonna be a good night? <laughs> that, like, ruby-looking gem thing... Mm-hmm. That, uh, Claudia hovered on and said, Ooh, that's pretty. I have, uh, I have, uh, earrings that could go with that. Yep. Feel like that's gonna come into play again? Oh, yeah. For sure. Also, we theorized this before, but now I feel like they've given us even more more evidence because um and I'll get into what I was saying, what I mean, but uh before I do, this season we did we didn't touch upon this scene too much. Mm-hmm. But uh we did get the return of the soul coins. Yeah, yeah. And and that they brought that back. So yep. that has me thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest mysteries that we've had from... Oh, the, the bird! The bird, right? We, yeah. I, I remember we had that whole... Yeah, that was something we brought up in our, in our episode on the first season. That the dad is definitely the bird, isn't he? What happened to the bird? I feel like we're going to get back into that. And... Uh, Again, making another comparison, I to um, Avatar. Mm-hmm. I could almost see them, like in a later season. Um, after revealing that, giving him his own episode, like similar to uh, Appa's episode. Oh, just, where he has to make his way back to his kids. Yeah. And okay. we just like find out like where he's been these last few years. Or yeah, so. yeah, no, he, yeah. I, I, yeah. As soon as you mentioned like a theory we discussed, I was like, oh yeah, the dad being the bird. 
It was pretty obvious that the dad's the bird. The way he talks to the bird, and the way the bird reacts. Also, we're gonna be, um, probably seeing some more dragons. Yep. Uh, which, by the way, I was, I was unclear about this. Did Team, I, did Team Dragon end up getting a, ma a copy of the map? Because I know Team Evil did with the slime. They made, like, an imprint on no. the tooth. Okay. So it's just Team Evil. They just ran. Yep. So just Team Evil. Got it. Just Team Evil. Um, although now they've reunited with a Dragon Mommy, so maybe she can help them. Yeah, she is kind of like go-to exposition. So. And also the big, uh, when all hope is lost, big protector. Yep, just... DSX, DSX Dragon Mama. Oh, where? Yeah. It's like, I, and I, I love that. I, I love that moment where it's like, where, where Soren, again, best boy Soren, where mm -hmm. she, she's giving Zim a lecture. She's like, you're in, you're in very big trouble, little dragon. And then he's, and then Soren's like, whoa, 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 but wait, go easy on him. Cause if you didn't show up, if he didn't disobey you, you wouldn't have showed up and then we'd be super dead. And, yes. you know, we're not, so, hey, there's that. And she's like, yes, I am indeed glad that you are not super dead. Uh, which, uh, by the way, you talk about, like, smaller interactions. Loved Sword and Dragon Mama. Oh, yeah, Sword and Dragons in general is the best. He reminds <laughs> me of, like, a How to Train Your Dragon character. Oh, yeah. Like... Um, also, one other thing that, uh, we didn't mention, that I just want to mention real quick, mm -hmm. um, we talked about the animal companions and all that. I do like how this season, they kind of more so than others, like, reinforced the connection of Callum and Bait. Yep. I also... Mm -hmm. before... Bait was like exclusively as friends. Yeah, and, and then in season two and three, they became more friends. Espe especially when like uh, Bait felt excluded now that uh, Ezrin had Zim. Mm -hmm. But now, Ez but, but now season. Bait and Zim are best buds. Like Bait was trying to rescue Zim when Zim got captured by Nathan. Mm -hmm. Which also. Uh, also, love both those two had some awesome comedy moments. Yep. Oh, come on, everybody! Like, um, come on, everybody! Push the door. Yeah, that means you too, bait. And then the slow mo of bait, and then when he does, <laughs> it opens. Oh man! But then also that like scene where they were like in that like pitch black recreation. Yep. Where they were all in the black. And then, and then Bait helped light the way, and Zim kind of sacrificed himself for a bit. And they had, and I love that that joke that it's been used in several different types of media. Yeah, we're, we're, but I still love that joke where they're like, "Zim, no!" Oh, and then, and then he taps him on the shoulder. Not now, Zim. Oh, Zim! <laughs> yeah, I love that where it's like. The one person seemingly sacrifices themselves, and then they just show up right behind them. Yep. 
Oh, man. Because we also, because that's one other thing that I just point out real quick. I feel like that was another thing in this season, particularly, honestly. And that's, I think we had more, like, growing up growth from Zim himself. Oh, yeah. And also, I, I think one of my issues, uh, at least in the beginning of the show, which is why I didn't like the beginning as much, is they didn't know how to balance the comedy and the serious moments. Towards the end, they got it really well down packed, so I, I really mm-hmm. like the end, which is why I found the end so strong. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, that beginning was a little rough when, like you said, they had, the, like, the fart jokes and all, all, all this other stuff. Again I, again, I know not meant for me. At the end of the day, this is a kid's show. Like, um, we didn't mention this in the show, but we mentioned this in our talking yesterday, post-yesterday show. Mm-hmm. The whole flossing. Yeah. It was cringe. It was definitely cringe. But I get it. Not for me. This is a kid's show. I'm a grown-ass man watching cartoons. And also one of the key, uh, one of the key, uh, like, things that helped Team Villain was the invention of slime. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, now we can get into closing thoughts and, uh, final scores. So, Brian... Let's see if tradition continues. I don't think it will because I had I had a I had a uh, I had a score going into it, but then us just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really liked it, but especially when you compare it to other seasons, there were a lot of downfalls this season. So it was still good. Like the score I'm going to give it is a good score. But if I'm being honest, I think it's, at least in this version of Channel Chasers, probably my lowest one to date. If you say the same score as me, I'm going to laugh. Uh, honestly, I'd probably give it a flat 7. Oh my god, we tied! Yeah, I was going to give it a 7.5, but then when we were talking, I was just like, yeah, I got a... It's a seven. Uh, so, just just fun fact, we went into the, uh, we went in the opposite direction. Uh, I went into this gonna, uh, giving it, uh, like, in my head, giving it a 6.5. Which is still a pretty solid sword, to be honest. It's above average. Yeah, so it's not, that doesn't mean it's bad. But I was gonna no. give it. I was gonna give it a six point five. But then you know, again, talking about it, I was like, no. Talking about it and also having that second rewatch really improved, uh, like put things into better perspective for me. So yeah, I also give it a seven. I also give it a seven. I had a feeling you would. Yeah, pretty solid. Still good, and like I said before, I feel like it's setting up to something awesome in the later seasons. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think this season will be important looking back at uh, the show as a whole when we eventually get there. Yeah, but so. also when you consider that uh, this is like the midpoint of the whole show mm-hmm. to where there were three seasons before and there are three seasons after. Yep. So, 
Oh, this was definitely necessary. Uh, but yeah, a solid show. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Indeed. Um, like, like I said, if you love the previous seasons. Oh yeah, if you, dude, if you enjoy high fantasy and you liked Avatar, again, I'm not trying to say they're the same thing, but they have, no. they have very similar vibes, very similar writing styles. Um, one similar voice actor. Yeah, because the uh, the main character, one of the main characters, Callum, is voiced by the guy who played Sokka. Um, Which, uh, by the way, in saying that though, Sokka and Callum are totally different personalities. Oh yeah. Also, uh, I love I love the one shout out to Avatar they did give this season. Oh I, yeah. I, that that made me have a big goofy smile on my face. Yeah. It's like, alright, um, come on, buddy, we gotta go, we gotta go. Let's move. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Uh, let's go. Um, uh, uh, yip, yip. <laughs> Yo, uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe that, maybe that was just them playing on my nostalgia, but goddammit, it worked. I had a big, goofy smile on my face when that joke mm. happened. And it did help, but it was best boy Soren. Yep. I love that guy. Um, mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, um, definitely, uh, if you enjoyed the previous seasons, uh, this, may, this is not the best one. In fact, I would, mm-hmm. ra- I would rank this as the lowest so far. Probably, yeah. I'd probably go 2-1-3, personally. Because 2 was where Amaya got her big shine. And we got the whole plot oh, with yeah. we got the whole plot with Corvus and them. I think two one three is where I'd go for now. Um, but seriously, I never rewatch it to get mine. But, but I trust Jake. But seriously, I think uh, I think it's necessary, and you should definitely give it a shot uh, because I, I th- again they're building up to something great, and I, <laughs> I don't want you guys to miss out on this. Uh, so please, oh yeah, give it a watch. It's it's awesome. Like it, um. Also got like uh, I know it's gonna sound kind of weird, but and it's not just because of the dragons, but got a little bit of feel of House of the Dragon. Yeah, I mean, because there's still a feudal society in a way with weird modern touches, because they include like like Brian said, flossing and coffee and chocolate. At but, least, at least though, they're not j- yeah yeah, like yeah a- there's not a big ass technology jump where they have mechs mechs all of a sudden. Well, also, I was just going to make a joke about Game of Thrones. We're saying at, at least they had coffee, but we didn't see like, the a Starbucks, Starbucks cup. Ah, uh, classic. Classic meme. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that pretty much wraps it up for our uh, The Dragon Prince Season 4 episode. So, um, I mean, if you guys saw our Black Panther 2 episode that we recorded. Uh, yesterday at the time of recording um you know what's coming up next but just in case you're just tuning into this episode and you skip the wakanda forever episode which if you are shame on you but well they might not have seen it yet okay no shame if you haven't seen it shame if you have compromise compromise and uh, even if you hadn't um we did uh, talk about some news and uh did do a non-spoiler talk before Yep. We went into spoilers. Yep, and we did give you guys, and uh, we also did tell you guys if you are, uh, you know, a fellow member of Small Bladder Gang, the number of uh, credit scenes. So that's important yeah. information that you need to go, that you need to know beforehand. 
going into uh, going into seeing Wakanda forever. But and they also uh, not only that, but we didn't mention it before. They also avoid one of the like common trends of Phase Four. Yep, where it's the, tr- uh, the troll, the troll end credit scene. Well, not only that, but also uh, the the like introduce big comic book character at the very very end. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that was so annoying. Fucking Cleo, fucking Star Fox, Hercules. Yep, Herc. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. Brian, in case these lovely people slash listeners uh, do not know what we are doing uh, on our next episode, which will be recorded and hopefully distributed around the 10th of December, uh, what will we be covering for our last Channel Chasers of the Year of Our Lord 2022? Well, of course, you know, it's around it's around Christmas time, end of the year. So obviously we're doing something horror related. Yep. Got to do something. We're covering. Yep. Wednesday. We're gonna do something spooky for Christmas time, uh, which is you know, which is honestly Netflix's fault because they should have released this shit in October instead of November, like the weirdos that they are. Well, also Netflix just we even saw today is kind of weird with that stuff, like uh. The fact of um, they're releasing uh, Blood Origin on Christmas Day. Um, and also, if you remember, an old show that we, we covered, uh, Dash and Lily, oh, which man. was a really good season lo- wonder. I loved Dash and Lily. Oh, by the way! That came out in, like, that came out in, like what, November? Uh, like... October? Yeah, yeah October. Uh, which, by the way, folks, uh, schedules permitting, uh, we will hopefully have our boy Jordan, who is in the chat, uh, with us for the episode where we discuss Wednesday on the 10th of December. Um, so, um, again, schedules permitting. A um, common, uh, like, supporter of the show. Yep. Comes in on Discord when he can. Yeah, fr- friend of the show. Just to say hi. Yeah, friend of the show. Uh, you know, if you if you if you're familiar with the streams, Jordan is a regular rotating guest on on the cast. Uh, in ter- in terms of that, uh, but this will be his first time on panel with the podcast. Also, but this mm-hmm. but this isn't the first time Jordan has either recommended something to us or like uh, you know suggested uh, we cover something because he also speaking of Christmas time he was the one that put us onto Jingle Jangle which has now become like a staple Christmas movie in my house because Jingle Jangle is the shit. Also, it it uh, started our uh, our uh, trend of uh, covering the odd movie. Yep. Yep, it's a yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty great movie. It was definitely worth covering. Oh yeah, Jingle Jangle. I agree, Jordan. Jingle Jangle is heavily slept on. Uh, I blame Riverdale. I blame Riverdale. To be honest, I blame Riverdale because you hear because if you mention if you mention the words Jingle Jangle to, to anyone under the age of like twenty five. Chances are they they saw Riverdale and they think you're talking about that weird drug they had on the on Riverdale that was like cocaine but in the form of pixie sticks. 
Weird. Yeah. How is that a Christmas also, movie? Um, also, um, I hadn't seen the the new like Window and Wild, and Wild, but I would say that Jingle Jingle is like one of, if not the best performance from uh, Keegan Michael Key. Oh yeah, dude, him he, he killed it as the villain, bro. I loved Keegan Michael Key in that. I didn't not expect him to have like theater chops. It was yeah. It was fucking great. He was kind of like a more serious version of a uh, homeboy from um, the the Lorax. You know, like that would all like that. That was a role that I would expect somebody like Neil Patrick Harris to do. You know, mm-hmm. like that 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 felt very Neil Patrick Harris. But like Keegan Michael Key killed that shit. Um, go watch Jingle. Oh, yeah, and go, his, um, go watch Jingle Jangle, uh, y'all. It's a, it's a great His one for the holidays. His music number was one of the best of the whole... Dude, right? I, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Go watch fucking Jingle Jangle. <laughs> for real. It, it's great. Indeed. Um, but yeah, we'll be covering Wednesday. Uh, I, I've only seen the first two episodes so far. Really enjoy it. Uh, I cannot wait to see the rest. Uh, looking forward to it a lot. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun one to close out the year with. So look forward to that. Um... Thank you as always, chat, for uh, for dropping by and dropping in. We appreciate the support uh, from our live audience, of course. And yep. thank you, audio-only listeners, for uh, giving us a listen and uh, putting always. and putting up with our ads. It's good to be back again. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, some of you guys have found us uh, after so long. Uh, rumors of our death have been greatly exaggerated, and we are back. Uh, fully so mm-hmm. and uh, you know hopefully we'll be able to you know pump some good content out to you guys on a regular basis uh, but uh, thank you and cover cover more shows that we covered uh, in the uh, season zero and season one. Oh yeah yeah for sure uh, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed we will see you guys when we cover Wednesday but until then we'll catch you later peace <laughs>